Hi there, welcome to Active Intelligence. I'm Aaron Ironside. I hope you'll spend the next half an hour with me as we take a look at some social issues and cover them from a variety of perspectives, this time from the horse's mouth. What's it like to be the victim of cancel culture for things you've posted on social media and to lose a respected medical career? That's today's topic on Active Intelligence. On today's program, I caught up with Dr. Jareth Cock from Melbourne. He's a man who spent 15 years as a doctor, but for the last couple of years on the sideline after he was sacked for things that he posted on social media. He posted them on his Facebook page. He posted them on a Christian blog site. He has some fairly conservative Christian points of view about all the kinds of topics you can imagine. What's it like, though, to lose your career? to discover that it's just a couple of complainants, anonymous complainants, can see the end of your medical career. Well, Dr. Jareth Cock remembers that day vividly. It was in August 2019. Uh, I was at work, I was in my consulting room. I got an urgent phone call um, from the lawyer who was helping me at the time. He said, look, I've got urgent call for you, Jareth. And, and, and a very bad one. Um, the uh, medical board has actually said that they propose to immediately suspend your registration and remove you from practice. And um, you've got four days to, to respond to that. I uh, had maybe uh, two or three more patients to see that, that day before my, before my day was wrapped up. Um, and I somehow managed to get through uh, those consultations. It was it was it was very stressful, um, but I managed to do it. And then I had to go on and 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 face this thing. There's a, there's a lot of things about this that um, that are bad. But the thing that I think makes me most upset and angry is is the effect that that it's ha that it had on my patients. You know, I had I had hundreds of patients very loyal to me. You know, many of them elderly, complicated, lots of medical conditions. Who I'd looked after for uh, for many years, and um, all of a sudden I was gone, and I can only you know imagine how how difficult that would have been for many of them. In the weeks uh, immediately after I was suspended, two elderly patients of mine died. I, I uh, learned of that, and um, the, the two were elderly men, and and I looked after their wives as patients as well, and I wasn't even able to speak to their wives. Uh, about about what happened, you know, wasn't able to comfort them. It is really unbelievable, isn't it, to think that such incredible damage is done not just to Jareth's life and his family, but to all of his patients as well who've come to rely on Dr. Jareth Cock, a doctor who's never had any complaints about him uh, with respect to anything he's done in his role as a doctor. No medical complaints at all. He is above reproach in that regard. The area is all about the online experience of sharing your thoughts and views in a digital age. Uh, of course, this one's in the uh, the courts. It remains a legal battle, so we're being very sensitive today to try and make sure that nothing in today's program uh, will in any way uh, affect the outcome of uh, those legal proceedings. Suffice to say uh, that the Medical Association has doubled down in their determination that even though he did nothing in his professional capacity, Dr. Jareth Cox shouldn't be a doctor because of what he posted online. 
The board and VCAT claimed that the action was, quote, in the public interest. That was the basis for them taking this action against him. They noted further that there was no evidence that Jareth had compromised any patient's best interests in practice. They actually noted that he had excellent character references. And they also noted that his conduct was in no way criminal or illegal. So here's the question. What on earth has happened? What's he done? Well, using its investigative powers, the board had paid forensic experts to compile a dossier on Jareth's social act in media activity and internet history over a period of more than a decade. Jareth was a vigorous participant in political debate and social commentary. His views would be characterised as conservative. His tone would be characterised as strong. Uh, he wrote concerning many matters, including areas relevant to medical practice like abortion, transgenderism, particularly in relation to, to the affirmative treatment model in children, LGBT matters and the usual, you know, hot button controversies that we're all aware of. The board said that his posts were arguably denigrating on a simple reading of them, appearing to express certain views when read in isolation, and that they would arguably demean LGBTI people, arguably denigrate other practitioners like abortionists, arguably incite violence. They said patients may see them and reconsider their relationship with Jareth. They said that they were concerned about the level of respect he can bring to members of the medical profession. They said that the community may not be able to accept that he can provide respectful care. This despite the fact that Jareth could agree to remove posts and be careful about his tone in the future and was prepared to do so. Notice that there's no defined complaint. There's no identifiable harm. There's no illegal act. There is no provable impact on the medical profession. There's no tangible result and causal connection to wrongdoing. There is a might and a may, and an arguably, and potentially. There is a, we did not like his political views, so we have ruined his livelihood, changed the course of his life, and done so with no regard to his loyal patients or his family, including his two young children. So if you have heard people say, cancel culture isn't a thing, that's just one of those phrases that people come up with to exaggerate, it's hyperbole. Well, it isn't for Jareth Cock. He has lost his medical license. He is not a doctor anymore. He is not able to practice and he has been cancelled. There is no doubt about it. Does the punishment fit the crime? Oh, uh, afraid not. Not this time. Not even close. You shouldn't lose your career over things that you've posted for simply having opinions and points of view. You're allowed to believe and think what you believe and think. Well, so it used to be anyway. Well, rather than talk about him, we thought it was important to talk to the man himself and find out what it's like to be going through a first-hand experience of cancel culture. Yeah, these were just conversations among Christians on a, on a Christian blog, and I would have never thought these would come under the um, surveillance of a uh, employment body or professional body, you know, mm. Uh, and they've gone there and found things there which they don't like and and, and use those against me. So, um, you know, where, where we've talked about um, homosexuality from a theological perspective or, or talked about gay marriage and the sort of effect that might have on children, that, that kind of thing. Um, so they've gone back that far. Now, there's obviously some recent, you know, more recent material as well from Facebook uh, where they've gone to uh, my Facebook page, which is, um, you know, 
viewed mainly by my friends and family and you know it's uh, i'm not a celebrity like like a rugby player so i don't have um thousands of followers who are strangers to me i just you know I just use Facebook like just about anybody else, you know, mainly for your friends and so on. And, and so I've written uh, written things there, my points of view about some of these things, and they've they've um, dug that up, some of it from a few years ago, and, and used that. Um, yeah. As you might know, um, just four years ago now, uh, we had a public campaign about legalising same-sex marriage uh, in 2017. So that was a public debate and um you know i i posted my points of view about that you know I, I, we all voted on that we had a, a referendum as such and um uh i posted um things which i i was trying to persuade people to vote no you know from a christian point of view especially uh, this wouldn't be good for this isn't good for society it's not right um it's going to be harmful. And so, you know, I posted material about that and some of that stuff was dug up as well and, and used. Do you think the problem is that it's mostly from a faith point of view or is it this kind of intersection with you as a professional and that you're pointing out that some of your concerns around transgenderism are essentially kind of medical in nature, that you don't believe that there's more than just boys and girls and in this day and age of course as a doctor that directly impinges on the way in which you would treat someone presumably mm. uh, as a medical professional or that mm. i'm a christian and therefore because my faith isn't popular people are out to get me yeah look that's an interesting question uh so on this specific issue of transgenderism and this is this is obviously a very big part of this um you know, well, on the one hand, I come as a, I come at it as a Christian, and I think as a Christian, there's a very, very clear teaching about this. About um, you know, God made us male and female. He didn't make seventy-eight other genders, and um, you know, uh, that's very clear cut in in Scripture. Um, now, from a professional point of view, I, I should just say that in my entire career uh you know so i've been practicing medicine uh well i had practiced medicine for a good sort of 15 years something like that and um in that entire time i only ever encountered one person and that was only just in 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 uh, very recent years one person who um was in this category of uh switching over from one gender to the other um this this particular person was she was switching from female to male um and i was i had no part in that at all so um she uh this patient came to see me about some completely unrelated issue you know uh, it was a, a sore toe or something like that <laughs> but you know in all that time i only encountered this one person so i did you know I, I, I'm not going to say that this was something I, I had to deal with on a day-in, day-out sort of basis, okay? But at the same time, um, it is something that we all have to think about and it's increasingly um, shoved in everybody's faces, so to speak. You know, they're, they're, they're constantly talking about it and, and publishing articles about it and saying this is what you have to do. You know, sooner or later, it is something that, you know, most... Uh, doctors in, in general practice in particular are going to have to come face to face with. 
I had colleagues who, um, at, the, at the practice where I worked, I had colleagues who, want, you know, when, when, you, when you're having lunch together, they tell you, well, I saw a patient today who, um, uh, a, a four-year-old girl, and the parents brought them in to me and said, I think this girl wants to be a boy. Can you please refer this four-year-old kid to a um, gender clinic? Um so we can get this sorted out. That, that literally happened to a colleague of mine. So it's something that we're all going to come, you know, everybody's going to come face-to-face with eventually. It's, it's, it's such, a, um, you know, it's an exploding issue. Well, in light of that, given that we might say it was an inevitability that you as a doctor were going to have to make a stand on this issue, uh, is it a complicating factor here that that stand has happened in a sense online rather than in person? I suppose the question is, does it really yeah. make a difference? I mean, it sounds like if you were confronted with that scenario that you've just uh, relayed, that you might give a very different answer to the doctor in question. I mean, you were going to have to make a stand sometime, right? I imagine so. Um, you know, if I were to continue practicing medicine, I'd probably be in that situation eventually, um, within the next ten years or something like that. Now, you know, like anybody else, um, my <laughs> my gut instinct is to just say, I hope that never happens, and I, I would just rather never have to face that sort of dilemma because it's just too difficult, um, and and just hope it never happens, and hope. Hope I never have to kind of deal with it. Um, but yeah, you're right. It is something where you'd have to think about what you'd have to do. And and you know, I, I think that coming up with a blanket, um, I would do. You know, coming up with some sort of blanket position that I would do this in this situation is very difficult because you've got to deal with every situation on an individual basis on its own merits. So yeah, I think it's very hard for me to say. Well, look, this is what I would do. Um, as a hypothetical, it's it's. Well, that being said, my point is here mm. is, of course, that it's mm. just in a sense an issue of timing, that, that you weren't intending, in a sense, to make your stand about this back in 2010, talking to somebody on their blog or talking to friends on Facebook. No, 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 no. Um, what I sort of have said um, about this topic on, on Facebook, and actually there was... An interesting thing about transgenderism is I wrote an article for so we have a we have a Christian magazine over here called Eternity News, and and I wrote an article uh, for them a few years ago. Um, what actually happened was another Christian had written an article, and I uh, contacted the editor about that and said, "Look, there's some things in that article I don't agree with," um, and he said, "Oh, you're a doctor. Why don't you?" Um, write a response and so I took him up on that and I, I um, wrote wrote um, wrote my own article to say this is my point of view um, and he published that and that article <laughs> is one of the things I'm in trouble for so um, because I've said certain things in that which upsets the uh, I guess the, the political narrative and if you want to put it that way a lot of what I say and have said about it has been purely um, from a social point of view, you know, and and from a moral point of view, not really a medical point of view. So from a social point of view, you know, um, uh, that there are two genders, boys are boys, girls are girls, 
It's as simple as that. But you could say all of that as a doctor, though, couldn't you? I mean, you don't have to be a Christian to say what you've just said. A a medical doctor would say, look, I just know there are boys and girls. Anyone with a rudimentary (laughs) understanding of biology, chromosomes, knows that, um, you know, this is is very, very clear cut. And um, so just speaking at it from, um, yeah, just that very basic point of view of, you know, this is reality. Um, You don't need to... You don't have to have a Christian uh, moral framework to to understand this. You know, it's it's just um, the ABCs of biology, really. But I guess when I, you know when I've when I've approached this issue in the past, it's it's often just been from that common sense. I'm an ordinary. I'm a parent. Uh, I'm a parent. I have a boy and a girl, um, like many other parents, and you know, uh, we. Um, we can see things for how they are and um, this social ideology that's um, invaded into um, into all of our societies is going to hurt a lot of people um, uh, directly and it's also going to confuse a lot of a lot of people um, and a lot of children you know so they're going to schools now and confusing children in schools about what gender they are and telling them that, that, you know, maybe you're not the gender you really should be and talking to them about gender unicorns and all that sort of thing. So, Is this one of the the issues, though, is that essentially you're much more than a parent. You're much more than a a Christian man. You're a doctor. You're someone who is a trusted source of information and is meant to be trusted. But the thing you're saying, of course, goes now counter to the cultural narrative do you think you'd be in this kind of hot water if you weren't a doctor um oh, probably not i mean an assumption i had the whole time was that um when you uh you know when you go home from work and you interact with people um in your own time outside of work then you're doing so as as a as a member of the public you know uh when you um Try to persuade people to vote no to same-sex marriage. You're, you know, you know, I'm, I wasn't doing that as a doctor. I was doing that as as, a, as an individual, as a parent, as a Christian, as a um, as a member of the public. You know, um, and, and and the same with most of these things. Um, I don't do that wearing a doctor hat. These are general social issues which any parent, any member of the public should have concerns about and should be able to make their make their point of view known about you know um but the way that everything is shifting is to say well um you don't have that personal uh space any longer um we your professional regulators can police what you do wearing your pajamas um at home uh (laughs) <laughs> what you say and do, you know, when when you're in the privacy of your own home, as, as uh, in your pajamas, writing on Facebook. So that's now the game, um, the game rules, I guess. And and that wasn't that wasn't how it was when I started out, but that's how it is now. And so it's needing to be um, aware of these new these new rules that you you in a sense never can take your 
professional hat off. Well, I'm wondering if, the, if what you're really saying is actually there's this third circle that's now swallowed up the professional and the private, and that is the public. We are now all public people, and our professional and private is now within this public space. And that's really the issue. There's no way to get away from the fact that we now live in this online open environment where we're now all public personalities. Yeah, look, I think that's right. And and this shift has happened very rapidly. I mean, I would say 2015, um, this sort of thing wasn't happening. But, but it seems that ever since some sort of switch flipped around about 2015, and, and ever since then, um, anything you've anything you've said in any capacity anywhere is fair game for your employer and for your professional bodies um and and you can you know you can lose your job for it you can you can be disciplined by your employer for um for something that you've said um online uh outside of work and outside your professional life um that that shift has happened and it's come it's come on very quickly and taken taken everybody by surprise uh you know and there's there's many examples of that um many high profile examples as well as as many low profile examples so um yeah i think i I think you're right everything everything has changed in a way and um that idea that uh that you can be a private citizen with um, who expresses political views about something or your religious views about something as a private citizen doesn't doesn't really exist anymore. It um, your employer now has power over you, no matter where you are and no matter what time of day, twenty four seven. And it's even worse if you are a you know a member of a uh, health profession or something like that where where you've got these um government bodies who uh so it's not just your employer i mean you know none of this (laughs) none of this was an issue of employment um the people i work with never took issue with me this was all about um government bodies who regulate you and um uh so if, if you're under any kind of government regulation then really there is no escape. There is no escape. That is ultimately the lesson that all of us now must learn. Gone is the private space. It simply doesn't exist anymore. In fact, it's not even the professional space. It's this public space that we all inhabit together 24-7. And I think many of us are struggling to come to terms with that. I'm not saying it's right. You should have your professional life. You should have your personal life. But now there's the public life that's the only one that seemingly we're interested in and of course thanks to the digital experience not even the present day current uh, public life could get you in trouble could be things that you posted from many years ago which means that you're busy writing things today but you don't know when they might come back to bite you in the future and think of all the very intense online conversations that have been had the last couple of years when we think of even our opinions and attitudes to lockdowns to vaccinations to covid oh boy we have no idea what's going to come back and hurt us in the years to come and it is not an easy minefield to navigate 
suffice to say, though, we need to remember that before we start typing, we have to be sure that uh, we are willing for this to be seen by anyone at any time who has any agenda towards us. And that, friends, is going to make Facebook and social media even less fun than they currently are. I don't know about you, I'm certainly struggling with all of the conflict and arguments happening online. We'll add to that now that simply sharing what you think could cost you everything. And the crime, uh, well, does not deserve this kind of time. This sentence is entirely disproportionate. And we should be rallying behind Dr. Jareth Cock and anyone like him who finds himself or herself being cancelled simply because of points of view shared, uh, as he rightly said, in his pyjamas. Uh, we need to be supportive. And thank goodness there are those who are keeping an eye on this space and reminding us to support him. Well, it's not just, uh, of course, the medical profession. It's all over the the land at the moment, it could be in politics, education, you name your sphere, uh, political correctness, woke culture, cancel culture has now so heavily dominated everything in the West that, yeah, those who dare to think differently, who speak differently, who have a different point of view to the reigning secular left narrative, uh, they are always at risk. They can lose their job at the drop of a hat. They can be fined. They can sometimes be thrown in jail. I've been documenting these cases for years and years now. And uh, I hate to say it, but the other side, they talk a lot about love and acceptance and tolerance, but they are not. When it comes to actual practice, they are not. Uh, in relation to this article I just did about Jareth Koch, I got a lot of comments in, mostly supportive, but a few of the hardcore secular left absolutely uh, venting their spleen. Uh, one guy in particular said, this guy should not be allowed in public. He should not be allowed to practice medicine or anything else. He's, you know, totally, totally disreputable. And, uh, you know, he is, you know, it's dangerous to have him out there. So I'm thinking, what is wrong with this guy? If he were laying in the gutter, right, broken arm and leg, somebody came up to help him, would he first say, wait a minute, are you a conservative? Are you a Christian? If you are, don't you dare touch me. I mean, that's how bizarre we have things right now with the, the hyper-haters of the secular left, that if you have any kind of Christian or conservative background, you're effectively should be banned from all of public life. So this is scary stuff. It impacts all of us who dare to think differently. And uh, somebody like Jareth certainly needs our prayers and support. Love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. Ever been the victim of cancel culture? Probably not in the scale of Dr. Jareth Cock, of course, because we'd probably know your story if it was at that scale. But what at a more minor level have you experienced any kind of severe pushback that seemed inappropriate because it simply asked you to monitor yourself in your private space uh, as if you were at work uh, or in some other capacity. Love to hear your story. You can go to our website, activeintelligence.nz. Please do hit the subscribe button and we'll send you every episode into your inbox. We'll catch you next time on Active Intelligence. Yeah.